welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. I'm Richard, your announcer, coming to you again wherever you happen to be on this beautiful day. Biblical Truth Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 Resultant exhortation, encouragement, and our soul's assurance. The Bible teaches that prayer is the chief and perpetual exercise of faith. Prayer cannot help but express the hope and joy that are inevitably attached to faith. John Calvin Our purpose, igniting a growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying communion with our Savior. And now, once again, here's your host, Fred. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I am the podcast host. Changes are coming to our website, and if you pray for me from time to time, you might pray that God would give me the right direction to make the website and the the podcast itself more logical in the sense of the past episodes. I want to be able to make it easier to access needed information that you might need in the moment or help that you might need in your pursuing your growth in prayer. And so I would like to to be able to make that more logical, which will include the transcripts. And we will get the, the last two, we will get those transcripts edited a little bit and out to you on the website. I would also like to to be able to let you know in the description uh, what kind of episode is coming up. So, for instance, today's is going to be straight encouragement in prayer, a really exciting, encouraging episode on prayer. And I will have that from now on in the description. When I start making the episode catalog, I think I'm going to call it, it will have a column to tell you what the main emphasis of each episode is. And so when you have a need or a desire, you can find those and and hopefully it will be easier to find and go back and see. And then we'll see where the Lord might lead as well in October for us. We'll leave that up to him for right now, though. Today, however, I'm very glad that you joined. Bow with me if you don't mind in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for this day. We do praise you and thank you that your name is holy. You are not only morally perfect, sweet Jesus, but you are set apart from us in the way that only the Creator can be set apart from his creation. And we thank you for that. It makes you different than any man-made God or any man-made religion, Lord, because you are Creator and you have revealed yourself to us as of that and you've revealed yourself to us as Savior as well. We do praise you and thank you, and we would agree with the psalmist when he says, you are my strength and my song, and we do bow for you and thank you as well, that you are our strength and our song each and every day. We thank you as well, Yahweh Shema, 
that you are with us. You are present, holy God. And we pray that as we, by faith, do these episodes, we also pray by faith that the right people will find them and that the, then that the right people will be drawn to you and drawn to a closer walk, a closer communion with you through their prayer lives. So we would pray not only your presence, Holy Spirit, but we would pray that you would work in great power to do what I can to do, what no man can do, which is to encourage your children and lead them to prayer, lead them that to that devotional life in constant communion and conversation with you. Again, we present to you and ask you, you would lead us in the way we should go. As your word tells us it does, we make our plans, but you direct our steps. And so we want that, Lord Jesus. We want only that in our lives. And so again, we just bow before you in thankfulness. Use this episode to your glory. Holy Spirit, use anything that is worthy or anything that comes from you and then disregard all the rest and let your people throw out anything that is of no edifying value. Again, we commit this time in your presence for your will to the glory of the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father. We thank you and bless you. And in that name of Jesus, the Messiah, we pray and give this over to you. Thank you, Jesus. So again today we're doing, we're calling these Prayer 101, and we are going to review some of the early concepts and, like I said, get them categorized so we'll be able to more quickly get them. But also just an encouragement from those early lessons as well. And from the very beginning of the podcast, we went through many concepts that are crucial. And this one today is very crucial in our life. We'll review in just a few sentences, and then we will get to some expectations that we can have as we develop our prayer life. And we are looking, as you remember, for a growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying, and God-glorifying prayer life. I've added a couple there, sincerity and God-glorifying to our little list there. But that's what we really want In the very beginning, we answered the question, what is prayer? Talking to God. Why pray? And the the very basic answer is you are a child of God. You've been redeemed to commune with your creator. So prayer and talking to, communing with, and fellowshipping with the creator is what we were created for in the beginning. And again, that's our basic assertion is We continually maintain our prayer life, our communion, our conversation with God Almighty, the Creator, our Savior, the sustainer of our soul. I think it says in Hebrews, we want that relationship. And we pray also because our new inner man longs to pray. You pray right now, even a little bit. Because your inner man wants that communion we were made, again, for that fellowship with our God and our Savior. And so your new inner man that we get when we get saved longs for that communion. And that's why you pray sometimes, if not all the time. We've also asserted that prayer is for Christians just as natural as it is for children to learn how to speak. And then we learned 
as we pray and we learn to pray, the next assertion is we learn to pray as children learn to talk. We just start talking and we need to just start talking to God. And in time, we get motivated to continue and hone our skills in communication and also in the art of prayer. And the reason, all those assertions, the reason that they're true, we know they're true, is because Jesus prays in John 17, 3. And you've heard this many, many times. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Not many days, not even eternally being conscious and being alive. It's eternally learning who God is and becoming more intimately acquainted with who he is and Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's eternal life, which means we can experience it right now. And we miss out, I believe, 100% on the full abundant life that God wants to give us now for his glory when we don't pray. And the assertion we're going to remember today is learning to pray is a discipline. And discipline, all discipline, is a complex process. Some are more difficult than the others, than others, but discipline, by even by the nature of the word, as we understand it, means it's complex and sometimes difficult. Now, I know you're astute. I know from the emails that I get from time to time that you are astute people, and you might be asking if our souls long to talk to God in prayer, and we were created to speak with him, and communion is what we were designed for, and communion is what we are redeemed to, and it's natural to learn to speak as a child, and prayer is the same way, you might be asking, why then is it so hard? And we've talked about this, and you kind of know the answer already. When we are engaged in a discipline, if the reward is not immediate or the feedback is not immediate, we tend to struggle. So we have some examples. If you eat right when you're young, when you get older, you will be more healthy. But the key phrase there is when you get older. And the discipline comes in, in, is in, comes in refusing those foods at least most of the time that won't accomplish that healthy goal. They may be tasty and the reward may be immediate, but discipline says those are going to be special moments I need to eat right so that when I get older, I will be healthy. Working out is another one. It's a discipline as well. And if you work out and if you are dedicated in time, you will be rewarded by a healthier body, the ability to do things that you couldn't do before. But again there, the key phrase is in time. And our temptation is to get tired and discouraged and not work out. And then that reward that feedback is harder to find. On the other hand, speaking of some disciplines being harder than others, on the other hand, when we learn to speak, our feedback, our reward is immediate. People talk back to us. People coo to us. People smile at us, even in our baby talk. So that's an example of more immediate feedback. And what makes prayer the discipline that it is is it also takes time to grow and to learn. 
And early on in our prayer lives, our feedback, the reward of that discipline, those rewards are often unclear. We get answers and we're not sure maybe if they're the right ones. If they're not exactly what we prayed, we're not sure. And we don't get the immediate feedback either that motivates us. God doesn't come back and smile at us in our face. Some of the, the feedback is immediate. When you get convicted of a sin, that's immediate feedback. When you get the joy that the Word of God brings to you as you read it and as you listen to it, that's immediate feedback. But prayer is a discipline. Learning to talk to God is a discipline that does not have, by and large, that immediate feedback. So our temptation is to stop and to not be consistent. And our Prayer 101 encouragement for today is, we called it earlier in the podcast, that as you pray and as you learn to pray and as you are disciplined in your prayer and growing in your prayer life, there will be a tipping point as we learn and develop our prayers like we develop our language and we make prayer a discipline, a habit, a consistent habit, habit, one day prayer will no longer be a discipline. It will be the most joyous time of your day. And I don't guarantee a lot, but that's a promise. Instead of agonizing through three minutes of prayer every single day, you will find yourself at times lost in conversation with your good shepherd the holy God of the universe, the guardian of your soul. And you won't even want to leave. You'll want to pray and talk to him and listen to what he has to say. Meditate on him. And you will be caught up in those times, sometimes for hours. One of the things early on in my prayer life that was a good tool for me is there's a little booklet. And I've mentioned this, but only once or twice. It's called Three Minutes with God. And it's put out, probably still is. I should look that up at some point, I guess. But a group called the Navigators. I'm not sure they're the Navigators anymore. But they put out a little booklet. It was actually called Seven Minutes with God, now as I recall. And it encouraged you to read four minutes a day and then pray three minutes a day. That's where I got the three-minute part. And I did that. And I did that diligently. And some days it was difficult to get through a sincere soul-satisfying three minutes. But I made it a discipline and I made it a goal to do that. And then pretty soon, there's no way three minutes can even get started anymore when I'm talking to the Lord. And like I said, I haven't guaranteed much, but I guarantee there will come a day as you learn to pray, as you develop it consistently, in faith, knowing that the Lord is listening and answering and looking for those answers, there will be a day when your appointment with God will be the best thing you do in the day. And at that point, you will no longer feel like your efforts to commune with God is unnatural or a waste of time or something you don't understand. It will be, I'm telling you, your joy and your peace and your comfort. And we want to look at four people today who had that conversation just in the way of encouragement. We were not going to, we are not going to spend a long time on any of this. But David, you know we were going to talk about him. He had that intimate conversational life with Holy God. 
he would go to battle and say, Lord, should I go out and do this? And the Lord would answer him and say, yes, this is what I want you to do and give him some sort of maneuver. So he had that intimate conversation. Peter, we have his actual conversations with Jesus, his God and his Savior that we can read and we can see how they went. So we know he did, and we know that continued in prayer later in his life. Paul gives us insight into his conversation with the Almighty. And then Jeremiah back, Jeremiah back to the Old Testament We know his conversations as well. They are written down for us. His conversations with Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, even though he didn't verbalize them that way, they were communal and they were tight one to another and they were meaningful. And we're going to look at those four guys today. We could have added Hannah. We could have had it even added Hagar, Ishmael's mom as well. But today we're going to look at those four, Daniel, are David, Peter, Paul, and Jeremiah. And the other thing that I am sure is true, and you can do this when, when you get to heaven. In fact, I would encourage you. I hope it works this way so I can ask David myself. But if you were to ask David about his best days, if not the best day he ever had, I am telling you one of those is when he prayed Psalm 51 out of the deep heartbreak of his sin with Bathsheba, which, by the way, he didn't handle. That's why he was so broken. He hadn't handled that sin before this moment in Samuel, Second Samuel. But when he called out, Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the greatness of thy compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sins. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Thank you, Jesus. That is one of his best days. I can, I'm telling you that. And we all know what it's like to be broken before God. And we have those memories, and they are sweet because our God loves us. If you were to ask Peter, what's one of your best days? Again, it may be his best day in John 21 when Jesus said, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. And Peter knew Jesus so intimately, he was able to cry out, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Even though Peter denied him three times, his behavior didn't say, I love you. He said, Lord, you know my heart. You know everything. You know I love you. And then Jesus responded, Tend my sheep. Peter was going back fishing. He was not going to be a fisher of men anymore. And Jesus said, no, tend to my sheep. He also told him, when you get older, you can't do what you want to do anymore. You're going to do what I've called you to do. And you're going to stretch out your hands and you're going to die a grisly death. Verse 19 says, and now this, he said, that's Jesus, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, He said to him, that's Jesus to Peter, follow me. Can you imagine the exhilaration in Peter's heart that said, I sinned three times. I looked into your face and saw your sorrow in your crucifixion. And do you still want me to follow you? Paul, the same. Paul, what was one of your best days, if not your best days? 
And it had to be in 2 Corinthians 9 when Paul said, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. If you don't think that's true, Paul then says, Most gladly, happily, I would rather boast about my weakness that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content in weaknesses, with insults, distresses, persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Glory to God. You want the abundant life? Draw close to God. Talk to Him. Communion with, commune with Him until you can say, I am contented with weaknesses and insults and distresses and persecutions and difficulties, if that is your will for me. That's abundant life, not a bunch of stuff. Jeremiah, the same thing. When you get to heaven and you ask him one of his best days, I know he's going to say the fall of Jerusalem. And in Lamentations 3, when he says this, In darkness he has made me dwell like those who have long been dead. He has walled me in so that I cannot go out. He has made my chain heavy. Even when I cry out and call for help, he shuts out my prayer. We're going to see in a second he really didn't shut out his prayer. And so even in those days that we all have as Christians, those tribulations, those persecutions, those troubles, even in those days, those broken hopes and promises that we think haven't come through and won't, but they're promises of God and they will, even in those days of that broken communion, they are beautiful. Best place is to be at the feet of Jesus broken because when we are sincerely and we're used to that conversation with God, we are going to be able, again, to say with David, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And you won't know that fully unless you are dedicated to fully communing with him because he's going to show you those things. That was David in Psalm 34. Jeremiah, in just a few verses, after the ones we read about him being walled up and thinking his prayer, prayers were shut out, Verse 20 of Lamentations 3, Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those to, who wait for him to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. And unless you know the depth of depths of being walled in and can say, God, this is your will for this moment. I don't get it. I don't like it. But I know you are doing this thing. 
You can't have such a great passage as Jeremiah. Great is thy faithfulness. That song comes from that passage. You read the whole book, I challenge you. Read the whole book and see how miserable he is. And then right smack dab in the middle, he's able to say, The Lord is my portion, therefore I have hope in him. And Peter says, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full of glory. When do you think Jesus, when do you think Peter learned of that? When his salvation was secured, when Jesus said, Tend to my sheep and follow me. And that only came through that close communion that Peter was used to. And then Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, earlier in 2 Corinthians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our, all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in the affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. And again, that abundant life comes because the sufferings are there, but we turn to the God of all comfort. And later, Paul will talk in 2 Corinthians about how depressed he was and how God, through circumstances and through his word, brought Paul out of that despair. Some of the most moving passages by Paul are those where he is broken. My beloved brothers and sisters, family of God, you know that's why this podcast even exists. Because I can't imagine living without that communion with God. And all the assertions that we began this episode with are true and will bring us that abundant peace, that abundant comfort, and they will glorify the God of our salvation. Talking, communing with the sustainer of our soul, assertion one. Assertion two, our new inner man longs to that. You pray, and you'll either pray well, or you will pray sporadically and without the satisfaction that is available for you. Prayer is natural, just as natural as learning to speak. We learn to talk to God. Assertion number three is we pray. We just start forgetting everything else. We just start praying. And wherever you're at, start or restart. Assertion four, it's a discipline, but it's a discipline with blessings that will come in time that you, if you haven't experienced them yet, can't even imagine. Eternal life is knowing him no matter what his will is. We've talked before It may have been the first one. I don't know if he was the first one or not. But George Mueller, when his first wife died, said, I kiss the hand that afflicts. And he could only do that because he knew the hand that afflicted. And he knew the purpose of God. So as you develop your relationship, as we develop our relationship, our communion with Holy God, through prayer and Bible reading, No matter how hard the discipline is at times, no matter how long the days are, or the hours of work, or the weeks in despair, waiting for those promises, 
or the wonder of how God is going to take your troubles that you made for yourself even maybe right now. And he's, he's going to work them for good. He promised that in those days because you love him and you know he cares for your soul. There is coming a time when you will long each day for your time of intimacy alone with God. Stealing from the Puritans again, your, your closet will be your sanctuary. It will be the place of your satisfaction, your soul's satisfaction. Only again, someone steeped in conversation by faith with God can say, One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all, my, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. He's our song and our strength. I will sing. Yes, I will sing. I Sorry, I inserted that part. I will sing. Yes, I will sing the praises of the Lord. Hear, Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When thou dost say, Seek my face, my heart said to thee, Thy face, O Lord, I shall seek. My beloved brethren, I wish I could make you be disciplined in the art of prayer. I wish I could get in and just show you some glimpses of the holy God of the universe and how he's touched my soul so that you will know the prayer craft you are engaging in is one of the best things you will ever do in this life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today. We thank you and we bless you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Give thy people the patience to listen to this today and hear your word and be moved, Holy God, to desire that close communion with you. Make everyone who hears dedicated to a growing biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying, God-glorifying prayer life. We want to know you. Eternal life without you is miserable. Even eternal earthly life that we experience is miserable without you. So we pray you would steal our souls, encourage us, move us, to that prayer life that will show us your glory, conform us to your will, and give us that abundant life even in the midst of trials that you have called us to. Thank you, Jesus. I wish I had better words and more abilities, but you, Holy Ghost, take what you can from these two little loaves and fishes and to make your people understand and make them into a meal that will sustain their souls. We pray this in humiliation and in submission and in the joy of being open and broken before you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We dedicate this time to the triune God and your glory. Do your holy and merciful will in us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible,
the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's commend one another to the holy God of the universe, to Father, our glorious creator. He gave us the breath of life. The Son, through his blood, through his sacrifice, obtained the purchase of our souls. And the Holy Ghost has given us that new inner man that longs to be in communion with him. Let our love abound in us as his love abounded to us so that all men will hear from our lips what a glorious God we have and what an opportunity they have for communion with him. Brethren, let's pray for one another. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him How I've proven him more and more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust him more I'm so glad I learned to trust you Precious Jesus, Savior, friend And I know that you are with me And you'll be with me to the end Oh, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus how I've proven him more and more Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust him more Oh, for grace to trust him more Oh, for grace to trust him As always, Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you at www.frponprayer.com or freerangeprayer at gmail.com. And for all your voiceover needs, go to richarddurrington.com or durringtonr at gmail.com. Keep your dial here for our next episode. And if you have a dial, you just might need an upgrade. For Fred and I, have yourself a prayerfully fun-filled day.